This episode of the Boss Rush Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to learn how to support the Boss Rush family of podcasts, head to BossRush.net or our Patreon at patreon.com slash Media. Thanks for helping us build something better. Everybody, welcome back to the Boss Rush Podcast, a great place to play games and be better. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Deering, and alongside me, as always, is the PC Muscle Race himself, Laurent Dawkins. Hey, what's poppin'? How much money are you spending on that Steam sale, Laurent? I'm trying to say, I'm trying to, I'm trying to spend under twenty dollars. So I'm just, I'm trying to make this the biggest bang for my buck. It's <laughs> fair. Bang. Fair. There's so many games on sale. Like they, there's an, there's an idea at Xbox sale going on right now, and I'm looking at them. Um, Wait, did I miss the idea at Xbox when I was away? I don't. I don't. I think. I think they announced some things, but I don't think they did the whole, like the one that they partnered with IGN with. I think is next week. Okay. I think that might be it. You think they're finally gonna announce it? Nope. Nope. Okay. Also joining us is the mad pharmacist herself, Stephanie Klimov. One thing I won't be doing anytime soon is pre-ordering all these freaking games. I started, it just dawned on me, I started writing a list of all the games I've pre-ordered that I still haven't gotten yet. And there are a lot, including Glover from Limited Run, Limited Run, that said it was going to be released in Q2 2023. Guess what? It's after July 1st. We're in the third quarter now. Give me Glover! Yeah, well, Embracer is falling apart, so you might not get that till like 2024 now. So. No. <laughs> Look, all I need is Microsoft to buy Crystal Dynamics and IDOS Montreal, and then I don't care what happens to the rest of the studios. Also joining us is the man, the myth, the legend, PK Power, Pat Klein. Dude, you know, forget about me. Let's talk about the dogs. Puppies. Oh, there's two dogs on this show, too. Hi, puppies. Look at the puppies. Laurent just draw, right. brings him in to draw on viewership. Mm-hmm. Him and him, his, his sleevelessness. Yeah. Sleeveness and puppies. 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 Uh, but yeah, guys, I'm uh I'm definitely old. You know, I've I've officially reached 40 this year. Ooh. And uh just to prove it, I can sit down and completely paralyze my lower half of the body. <laughs> mm. <laughs> That sounds fun. I didn't want you know what I at that, but the way you said it. <laughs> I know, I know exactly. Hey, hey Pat, you want to hear something fun? Sure. When I lay down, my entire body spasms and is in pain until I stand up. Yep. And I've... sometimes I can't stand up because it's spasming so bad. <laughs> I've done I've had that happen to me before. It's uh you're like I don't know how I'm getting out of bed. And then yeah. you just kind of, you know, use your momentum and roll out and fall on the floor. Mm. Yeah. It's uh, it's not fun. Yeah. No. And anyways, I hurt. I feel great today. <laughs> um. So Stephanie, you just got back from uh, vacation. Yeah. By the way, in that group group chat, did you not appreciate the stuffy of the everything is fine dog with the coffee? I did. I did. It was amazing. Jerk. So I said I like that's amazing. I said that's amazing. You need Come more on, exclamation points. 
Anyway, but yes, I did just come back from vacation with my son, and I was very surprised at how well my son did with said travel, because it was his first big trip ever. So I gotta say, I lucked out. He was a trooper. He he did well on both nonstop six-hour flights from East Coast to West Coast. I didn't lose him anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and he just had a, no meltdowns, no cry. Well, he did cry once, but I'll explain that, you know, I don't know whenever we get to the actual topic, but it had nothing to do with throwing a temper tantrum or waiting in line. Did you hit him? No. Mm. Okay. One of mm. the rides mentally hit him. Oh no. Oh, is it the one that had the, uh, the picture? No, it actually had to do with the fact uh. that the ride broke down. <laughs> And and to his credit, it's pretty terrifying when you're on a, well, it was kind of a roller coaster, more of like an immersive type, but you're strapped in and you're like dangling and it's pitch black and you can't see or hear anything. So that would be terrifying. What ride ride was that? So it's the Hogwarts one where you're in the castle. Oh, okay. It's a pretty okay. cool ride. So again, like you know how it's like it's kind of but not really a true roller coaster. Yeah. But like yeah, you yeah, are yeah. moving like up, like back for so like you're being dangled forward and all of a sudden it jerks to a halt, the screen goes blank, and you're just surrounded by infinite darkness. And my oh, son's no. like, What's going on? <laughs> so he starts you know, like that I'm like, it's okay. He's like, We're gonna be stuck here forever. I'm like oh, no. I, I tried not to panic too because I was thinking like Final Destination stuff and I'm like we'll be fine we'll be fine we'll be fine Final Destination that 3 that sounds terrifying or, I think it's there's a 3D one the roller coaster one's a roller coaster yeah I think it's yep. yeah I don't know I would stopped after the first one because I don't do that spooky scary mutilation stuff Oh man, crazy, crazy! Well, I'm glad you had fun. That sounds sounds like a lot of fun. I want to do that someday. Go out there. Did you do, did you do Disneyland too, or did you just do Universal? Just Universal. Um, but I think Dix, D- Disney will be next. Um, silly me for thinking going to Universal would be any cheaper than Disney because it really did not end up being that way. <laughs> no, it's it's really not. Uh... Dude, to have priority parking at Universal. Like to mm-hmm. be right at the entrance is seventy dollars. I'm like, what enough yeah. living fuck? Yeah. It's it's kind of funny. Everybody like is like Disney tickets are so expensive like around here. Like everybody goes to Cedar Point, which is like a big one of the biggest amusement parks in the world. It's in it's like three hours from where I live. And everybody goes there. And everybody's like, we'd go to Disney, but it's so expensive. And I get like getting there and stuff, but they talking about tickets specifically, which is like $110 a day and Cedar Point's $95 a day. I'm like, you're complaining about $15. I'm like, sure. Some aspects of like inflation, like with food and stuff might be the case, but like as a whole, ultimately I feel like you're spending the same amount of money. Cause I, I blew my budget and I didn't even like buy a ton of shit while I was in the park. I bought some shit. Um, Mm -hmm. But, uh, I mean, we also weren't there that long. It was five days, but, you know, two of them were for flying, and you're going across country. That's six hours each, and then airport, blah, blah, blah. We stayed at an, stayed at an awesome Airbnb in, in L.A. It had a pool and a hot tub, 
and I also got to see my uh, game dev cousin and my son got to meet his daughter. It was like the coolest thing to see them bond. It was overall like a really great vacation. Uh, that's cool. That's mm-hmm. so fun. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to we're going to dive into Super Nintendo World in a little bit because we finally have someone who's been there oh, <laughs> to talk about it. Instead you'll, of this. you'll be surprised by how, how I felt about it. <clears throat> I uh, to me, well, we'll, we'll get to it yeah. when we get there. But uh, we'll talk about what we've been playing. I'm going to go first. What? Yeah. You've been playing wow. games, Corey? I have. I have two specifically. Right. Well, three technically, if you include Destiny, but nobody cares about Destiny uh, except for me. So I've been well, playing. You know, uh, admittance is the first step to, you know, fixing mm-hmm. a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, also, well, the, the reason why I haven't play- been playing much Destiny is because the servers are, have been like really terrible lately like uh, they've been down that's all. the like, reason every time every time i go to log in it's like oh weasel code weasel your servers are down cold what is code weasel? Oh, they they have different animal names for their uh well, server different. outages oh, okay how about so code they... code kitty cat mm-hmm. nope. nope no there's a dog in the basement of the tower now though oh um, uh but I've been playing. I've been playing Planet of Lana, Yay. which is mm-hmm. like a limbo like, but it's very colorful and very fun. And I tweeted out that I was playing it, and Thunderful and Wishfully both uh, tweeted back at me, and their comms people did. So I'm gonna try to get them on some sort of spotlight to talk about the game when it's done. Um. But it's 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 really fun. It it's got really they're like kind of simple puzzles, but there's a it kind of makes you feel really smart when you solve them. At least me, because I'm not very smart. <laughs> uh, very different from Zelda, though, right? Where there's really only one way you can solve these puzzles, and it's kind of like a weird change of pace, but also very fun, uh, very colorful. I think there's. <laughs> There's an achievement for beating the game without dying. And I'm like, how are you going to do that? Yeah, that's uh, that one's no. Especially when the game that hard. It it's it's you got to really be paying attention. It's not Mm -hmm. the game's not incredibly difficult, but you will find yourself if you're not paying attention or you don't know what's coming. You will find yourself getting trapped like like you would in limbo, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you weren't paying attention, you would be eaten or stuck in a trap or. Yeah, and some of the later puzzles, you almost have to be... It's not, like, nitpicky, like, precise, but if you, like, wait more than a second or two, it's, you know, Mm going to cost you. Yeah. So, it's. I think it's safe to say I will not be going for that, mostly because I've already died three times in two hours, so two and a half hours, so... Uh, But it's fun. I'm really enjoying it. And then, uh, Stephanie, you're going to be really proud of me. Really proud of me. I'm... uh, Defeat Ganon. I'm at the I'm at the that part in Zelda. Woo! So I did all the so this this week I went around and did all the towers. I did all the dragon tears. I uh, did some extra stuff and I'm finally at the point where I'm like, I should just go get this over with so I can start doing what I really like about this game and just exploring and getting lost and doing the shrines and the Koroks and everything. And uh, yeah, it's pretty I can't oh, wait okay. to hear what you think about the final boss sequence, dude. But yeah. I'm very proud of you. Congrats. 
Well, just, we... just to be sure, you have all the memories, right? Me? Before you go fight Ganondorf, you have all the memories. That way you can get the good ending. Oh, okay. Mm. I think I'm missing a couple. You talking about the Dragon's Tears? It's the Dragon's Tears and a couple of the other ones that you get, you know, like the Hyrule Castle one oh, and oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, I got. You know those. I think I'm missing two. So those might be the ones that I'm missing is oh, the Hyrule Castle. I didn't one realize that impacts the mm-hmm. ending. I thought what impacts the good ending was that you get all of the all of the sages. That it might be one or the other. I I assumed it's based off of Breath of the Wild, and you had to get all the memories. Okay. But hmm. either way, I'm gonna go fight Ganon, and yeah. we're gonna put a nice, pretty bow on it for your book club this this month. So because we got to get ready for Final Fantasy. 16 um yep. so but yeah that's that's been a really fun experience i'm like i'm really i'm really enjoying just going to the dragon's tears or going to the shrines and just doing shrines and getting lost i i got lost in the sky islands the other day like just kind of wandering around and then there's these, like those little catapults that shoot you to other islands i'm like oh let's let's turn it this way and see where it takes me and then i you know i'm fighting some giant construct mo- monster and then you know finding a shrine oh this beam go to where this beam points well i gotta now i gotta go <laughs> go do something else so i can get there because this is really hard to do but it's been fun it's been really fun so um i mean i know we'll save the spoilery part for book club but just high level what did you think about all the the plot points um now that you've seen all the dragons tears I think that this story is much more fleshed out than I actually anticipated. Uh, Like it started out strong, right? And like I was expecting it to be more of like a traditional, well, more like Breath of the Wild where like you find the memories and like they tell bits and pieces of the story, but they're not really like, you know, you can watch them in any order and kind of like, oh, okay, this happens here and this kind of happens here. But most of them are just kind of like, moments in time right where this one is more like it's telling a cohesive story if you watch them in order you can actually like watch it almost as a movie pretty much and like it's man some of it's kind of sad and some of it's like really feels kind of hopeless at points (laughs) and then there's like some with zelda where like i don't want to spoil it too much but she kind of comes to this realization in some of them of what she needs to do yeah Mm -hmm. and it's it's really nice to see Nintendo kind of try for a story for once, <laughs> uh, you know, so I, I'm really enjoying it. And uh, I don't want to say too, too many other things because we are doing our final book club. But um, nice. I'm just uh, really trying to keep my recording schedule on a couple days a week so I can actually sit down and play games. <laughs> so I say that's a pretty smart idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Uh, but that's really all I've been playing. And then Destiny 2's Season of the Deep story ended last week and um, some big revelations in the Destiny story. Uh, although nobody understands why they're putting these story revelations in seasons, which a lot of people don't play. They just buy the expansion, play through the expansion, and then they're done. Right. But these seasons have like the seasons have like a seven to eight week episodic campaign that they put in the game every three months or so and uh it's a lot of the times they're kind of like they don't 
I mean, they progress the story, but they don't really progress it in terms of like, oh, well, this person who only plays the campaigns like. It's more like we're building the story out instead of like progressing the story. But man, the seasons of store this this year are like better than the camp main campaign and are actually progressing this story forward. It's like, well, somebody who only played up to this point isn't going to understand this stuff or, you know, and that's kind of the problem that destiny has had is like their storytelling is really good, but only for the hard, hardcore players. And, uh, it's really difficult to catch people up on things. So, but anyways, I'll end there. Uh, Pat, I'm looking at you. What are you playing? What am I playing? Man, I downloaded the Pikmin 4 demo. (gasps) Yeah, how's that? Oh, man. Like, after playing, like, Pikmin 1 and going to Pikmin 4 demo, I got to say, there is, it is night and day in terms of the controls with that. The controls are so much nicer with Pikmin 4. They're so organized. Mm. You know, like the ability to actually select what type of Pikmin you want to actually toss. Is mm-hmm. there holding a button and, you know, pushing some other buttons and hoping that, you know, Al- Alamur doesn't pick the wrong one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I feel this one is going to be huge. Like, mm. they've added so many different things to this new Pikmin game. And I'm not just talking about Pikmin. Uh, they In the demo, you can actually play with the ice Pikmin. And they're pretty cool because they can freeze water. And they can freeze bad guys as well. Ooh. So you can, like, send them against the big, like, bull bubs and uh, just, like, freeze them and then just smack them with everything else without having to worry about them getting uh, eaten. Um, Ochi, I was worried when the game uh, was announced that they were going to put too much emphasis on the dog. Like, that the dog is going to be the most uber thing and that you almost don't need the Pikmin. Luckily, that is not true. There are things the dog cannot do that you need to use the Pikmin for. Like what? Uh, Such as the fact that you cannot toss the dog. So if you need to get to a higher ledge and the dog can't jump... Why can't the dog jump? Well, the dog can jump, but he can do a little hop. He's got stubby little legs. Yeah, he's got two little stubby legs and holding up a giant body. He also doesn't have a nose. He's a, he is cute as fuck. Seriously. I this like Where's that amiibo at? <laughs> Good question. They made a Poochie amiibo from the Yoshi games. So mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, Ochi can't jump high, so you can't toss him or so if you can also have the ability to climb walls. Pikmin can climb uh at the climbable walls. Again, Ochi cannot. Hmm. Pikmin can go through smaller crevices that Ochi cannot. So Ochi, while having its benefits such as being able to carry your Pikmin, uh, being able to maybe like, I think he can, he starts off as like a power level of three. So what he can carry is about the equivalent of three Pikmin. Can, hmm. uh, but yeah, other than that, like the game is absolutely beautiful. The worlds are, I guess, more free flowing. And you're, I don't feel any time constraint. You have the day system going on, but there's no like resource that's holding you back, such as the first one being you only have 30 days or 
the third one where you have to have fruit juice or else you know you die Mm -hmm. i'm not seeing anything like that in this one so it feels a little bit more relaxed and you can go at your own pace at exploring these worlds nice and the other real big thing that they added to this is they added undergrounds or what they call the sub levels and they are like little pikmin dungeons (laughs) you you jump in with your pikmin uh, you can only carry up to a certain amount, and then you go through these dungeons trying to solve puzzles inside the dungeon and collect uh, both artifacts as well as uh, um, castaways is what they call them. People that kind of landed on the planet that need rescuing because you are part of a rescue squad in this mm-hmm. game. Right. And you create uh-huh. your own guy, right? You create your own guy, but the options are so limited. <laughs> like, there's only yeah. like maybe eight hairstyles and four of them are female four of them are male Mm. depending on like which uh, body type you take which are four different body types right um what else uh yeah there's a lot of things to collect in this game um the main thing you want to do is you're trying to collect sparkium there's sparklem it's basically you collect treasures and then you convert them into energy Wait, oh, is this nice. demo wait, is this demo telling you all that about the collectibles and all that stuff? It, the demo takes it took me like three hours to do as much as the demo as I could. Oh wow. It is the uh it's essentially the beginning of the game. Uh mm-hmm. they don't unlock the third area. So you have the intro area and then you have uh the first like level level. But then, you know, you can't expand beyond that hmm. until the game. But the save data does carry over. Great. I love when games do that. Mm-hmm. Love it. And then the love final it. thing in this game is something called... Uh, oh, shoot. I totally forgot the name. It's uh, uh, it's what they call uh, the ability to uh, multitask. The, it's like Dodari or something. Hmm. And they have these things called Dodari Battles, where you run into this strange, leafy-looking uh, guy who also has his own dog, and he challenges you to a uh, to a like a Pikmin battle where your job is to go on this like little battlefield and try to collect as much resources, you know, before the other guy does in, in in the time limit that you have. And if you win, you typically get an outcast or a uh, castaway that he kind of you know kidnapped. Hmm. So th- those are. It, it definitely feels like there's a lot of new ideas going on with this Pikmin, and I'm pretty excited for it. Nice. I'm uh, I'm really hoping that it's maybe better than Pikmin 3. I liked Pikmin 3, but it just got too complicated at some point. It was just kind of like, eh, I, don't, I don't know. Well, like I said, I, I feel like it allows you to go more at any pace that you want to, so you don't have to feel rushed. Good. Good, um, good, good. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I also uh, picked up the uh, the expansion for Power Wash Simulator, the very first paid expansion they did, uh, which is a SpongeBob themed Power Wash. Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? It's dirty and <laughs> grimy as messy can be. Yeah, oh. no, it's uh, it, I love what Future Labs has done with this game. I love that they have brought in different series such as Final Fantasy and Tomb Raider and now SpongeBob. Real smart move. Mm-hmm. 
And from what I understand, the next one I believe is Warhammer 40k is hmm. they're bringing in. But this one, okay. um, it's about six levels. Uh, one of the reasons it's paid is because they changed all the aesthetics in the game. Everything now looks like it comes out of the SpongeBob cartoon. Your gun, the environments, even the sound effects that like maybe picking up your scaffolding and dropping it somewhere would be more of a cartoonier sound. Oh my gosh, that's hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. And then like when you watch your character uh, clean things off in the final results, he kind of looks like one of the pedestrian fish <gasps> that's doing it. Yes. So it's a, it's, it's a fun little, uh, it's a fun little expansion. You have all the SpongeBob characters texting you while you're cleaning, uh, cleaning the uh, bikini bottom Including and all the sites. Yeah, oh, especially Patrick. Yee. Yeah, no, Patrick is Patrick is awesome. I love him, mm. and that's just because he's my name. Like, I really wish in another life I could be just like Patrick, just <laughs> oblivious and happy. <laughs> That's funny. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it, it's fun. If you love Power Wash Simulator, you can't go wrong with this expansion pack. Nice. Uh, Laron, what are you doing? What are you playing? The Rog Ally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually having I'm actually having a lot of fun. Like, OK, so here's some, here's some quick little updates that, that since uh, since the last time I talked about it, which was last week. Um, I, I, um, updated, I upgraded the, uh, the SSD. So now I'm, I'm, I'm rocking a gen four, two terabyte SSD. And for the people Ooh. that don't know, gen, uh, gen four right now is the, is the latest and greatest if you're not on, on bleeding edge. And basically it has, it, it, it boasts like really, re uh, really fast, like read and write speeds. Um, I actually, um, I actually benchmarked it and, uh, on the read side, I'm getting a, um, I'm getting 40, 4,000 Four thousand six hundred and some change uh, uh, megabits per second, and on the right was like thirty eight sixty five. So like that's that's just pretty honking fast, uh, given that most SSDs are using the using the three thousand range. Um, but a lot of Gen four SSDs, depending on your motherboard, which we're bound by hardware here, um, like most SSDs in Gen four now can get over seven thousand megabits per second in read speeds. Um, so yeah, there's that. Uh, so yeah, just, um, just dropped a two terabyte in there. I've been, been playing around with a lot, a lot of the functions and stuff and really just trying to test out and see like how well I can like get a good balance of, uh, a performance to power, power consumption with the battery and stuff like that. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Um, and I've uh, been dusting off my, been dusting off some of the old stuff in my library. Um, but I'm actually going to, I'm actually downloading um, The Last of Us Part One to it right now because I want to see how that plays. I've heard, I've heard some mixed things about it, but I think some people just don't know what they're doing as far as settings. So I'm hoping to like, if I can get consistency as far as like in like the 40 frame, 40, 45 frame mark, I think I'll be happy. Nice. Yeah. So that's. That's it, and you know, just um, just looking at some of the stuff on these uh, on the Steam sale because like, in, all of a sudden now PC games are freaking a commodity for me. <laughs> well, it's not like they weren't, but 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 now they are because I'm just I'm I'm in like horde mode. Yeah. Stephanie, what are you playing? Well, I'm taking this time to kind of well, I took the vac vacation time to kind of hit up uh, what I call well, it's kind of a backlog, but not really because they're more recent games. I took a break from Zelda since I beat it uh, because I don't know. It, 
I didn't want to kind of get burnt out on the game because I already spent a crap ton of hours on it, like almost 100 hours. Yeah. So I'm probably going to wait, who knows, maybe when the DLC comes out or at least maybe till winter time, then I'll pick it back up again. Uh, before vacation, I'm, you know, I'm, I've been playing Final Fantasy 16, still enjoying it. I, I defeated one of the major bosses, but I'm still very much early in the game. And that's the, oh, shucks part of, you know, not having a mobile PlayStation thing because I can't play it while I was on vacation. And I'm not talking about that silly thing that they're coming out with. Cause no, no, no. Nobody, want, nobody <laughs> wants that shit, especially at that price tag. Yeah. I'm oh sorry. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. Dude, that thing should be a hundred bucks at the most. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm still on that, but I, I still love it. Love, love, love it. Um, and then uh, on the Switch, I beat Nocturnal. It was a, a solid game. Um, nothing like I wouldn't say it's definitely like a top game of of my personal games of the year, but it's definitely a solid puzzle platformer action game. Uh, I also. Oh, um, had to restart because it, it was a while since I last played it. Metroid Prime Remastered because I really want to get that beat this year. Um, and I don't know if I'd call it a hot take because I know it's just a personal opinion. I think, objectively speaking, Metroid Prime Remastered is a fantastic game. I don't know if I can really get into it as much as I hoped I would. And that's only because... Well, because everyone speaks so highly of it, and I don't want people to think I'm trashing the game. I think the game is well executed, and lifestyle improvements from the original like is fantastic. Oh, 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 oh! What you're about to say is going to be the hot take. Okay. Right. Well, no, the hot take is just I, I'm not. I don't really. I didn't really like it as much as I'd hoped I would. Uh, I'm. You know, I. I I've realized compared to like a 2D Metroid, like Metroid Dread, I loved it because I don't do first person. It's a me problem, not a Nintendo well, problem. It's not just it's not just a you problem because like I had a hard time adjusting to Metroid Prime uh, when it when it when it actually when it actually came out because it was in a 3D perspective. I mean, uh, first person perspective. I'm sorry. And uh, and honestly, I'll, I'll, here's my here's my um here's my Here's my greatest shame. I never beat the I never beat Metroid Prime originally, mm. um, because because honestly, like I just I was one of those people that had a hard time. Like, but then again, you guys kind of know me. Like those Nintendo properties, I do not like when they change. Mm. I, I don't like it. Shocker. <laughs> yeah. So um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so yeah, so I'm right there with you. Like, like Prime is a fantastic game, though. Like, like i i i will say it though like it does show its age even though this is a wonderful like it's a it's a remaster you know it's wonderful oh yeah, yeah there's there's still some parts i'm like oh i could see how this was you know a game from xyz but again it's it's that first person spatial awareness that i lack like when i'm playing metroid dread 2d like i, I just had a much better grasp of the the map so to speak and where i was going and yeah. i know the whole point of a, a metroid type game is that you get ability after revisit areas i just was much better able to handle that in a 2d setting where first person i got so mad at myself for going all the way to one side of part of the planet and then just not knowing that i did mess something up and i had to go all the way back. you know i just i'll still i'll still it's a game you want to guide yeah you know especially yeah. for our time 
Yeah, the problem, the problem, the main problem of all the Metroid Prime games is they they move slow compared to the to the uh, to their two D uh, their two D brethren. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I will probably you know use a guide to finish it because I still want to see it through. It it doesn't seem to have much of that story that would normally grab me like in a Zelda or something, but I still. But again, this maybe it's because I I'm so new to this, so I'm I'm withholding the rest of my judgment for it, but. I'm dead. I'm I'm dead set on finishing it. So, uh, and That's good. then last but not least, I started Spooshy Come Home finally, and I know. Nice. What is that? It's an adorable game where you play as a mushroom that's trying to come home and made by one developer. He was on our podcast. What was it last week or the week? Two before? weeks ago. Two weeks ago. He's awesome. Yeah. While I was at, while I was out, yeah, it's okay. definitely a very much an indie cozy game. It's primarily a platformer with very light puzzle elements, like no combat, no fall damage, and you know, the reason why I like it so much is because even though it's leaning heavily towards the cozy aspect, I don't know. I just found myself really enjoying it because I know how short of a game it is. I could have easily just blasted through and rolled credits in a day or in a plane ride. But I actually was like, no, I kind of want a hundred percent. Well, maybe not a hundred percent because I'm not that good at gaming, but I actually wanted to solve as many side quests as possible. So I'm actually milking it which for me is a compliment to whoever is making the game because many times i like nocturnal is great but i just kind of like i wanted to get to the end here i'm like i want to be in this world as much as i can aesthetics are great it's very wind wakery with the cell shadedness you feel tiny in a big world like a like the like pikmin kind of even though i can't use that example because i've never played pikmin but i'm just assuming that's what it feels like and um, the writing's really clever. That guy, some humble onions, really hilarious. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so yeah. So uh, I got. I'm getting a lot of gaming done, so to speak. So that's what I've been playing. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Man, playing games is fun. I gotta yeah. tell you, you know, it's talking about it when you get too much, because there's so many things I want to try and beat. Especially, uh, there's a couple games coming out within like this next few weeks that i want to get to what's coming out next pikmin well, is coming out. there's one called rain code oh uh, yeah. and unfortunately i ordered the collector's edition which doesn't come out until like june or sorry july's 14th hmm. um but then there's also uh oh shoot what was the other one uh the trails into reverie part the next uh, trails game comes out this week I still got to get through Trails Through Azure and Trails of Cold Steel 4. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to think about the rest of the year. Man, I still I still need to play Final Fantasy. I still need to play Star Wars. I want to play Assassin's Creed when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, there are. I just. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Finish. Uh, I just got a Plague Tale Innocence on sale. Like. I really want to play that because people keep saying that it's really good. So, and there's an Xbox Series X and S optimized version of it now. So, then to think in two months, Corey Starfield. I know. Oh, 
I'm like, I'm, that's I'm excited. What I'm, to, that's what I'm waiting on. I'm excited to try it out, but that game is way too big for me. I think at this point, like, it's just, I don't have time. I already have a space game and there's only eight planets in that game. So <laughs> see, this is where, like, where, where, where I've kind of forced myself to not look at sales. Cause I bought a shit ton of uh, games on the, the same sales that we're seeing this year, last year. And that's how my backlog got just infinitely worse so i'm like no this year like i'm gonna only focus on the games that i want to play not just because yeah. i've had a i developed a bad habit of buying games for the simple fact that they're on sale maybe i did genuinely have interest in playing it but that wasn't the primary reason so um, welcome to being a gamer right? buying games yep. when you don't play them and a lot of my <laughs> the a lot of the games that i ordered from play asia are about to come in any any day now because because ghost trick just came out so all they held the order until ghost trick got released so i'm mm. getting ghost trick is that am i calling it right pat ghost trick yeah ghost trick ghost trick and melon journey and one other game so i'm like <laughs> three oh, uh uh, space for the space. unbound. He's, he's, he fat knows. So I have three more games coming. <laughs> so. And she has to play a space for the unbound. Oh, there's yeah. no doubt that but, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Plus, there's a new 2D Mario game coming out this year that I'm like super amped for. Like that game, that game like instantly dropped, jumped to like the top most anticipated game for me of the rest of the year. New 2D Mario. Mm. Ready I'm, for it. I'm not. I'm. 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 I'm kind of lukewarm on it. Well, I am I excited just, for it. I just, I'm I wasn't, just, I wasn't just, saying it to like. I know. Like, I'm just, like, I'm just like harsh, like harsh you or something. Like, I'm just pulling your, your whatever. <laughs> what are you pulling, pulling on? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, uh, like, like I, I see it and I see the excite, I see, the, I, I see the excitement and I, and I know it's well deserved and everything. But I think I mentioned it when when we kind of did the recap of the. Um, of the uh of the direct i was like man i don't know like i'm starting to feel like i'm starting to feel like even the 2d mario game is starting to get too complicated that's a little bit of my fear when i saw it i almost kind of was mentally overwhelmed but i'm like i said i'm like i'm just who knows you know nintendo does have a way of making gameplay just work so we'll see i don't know Yeah, but I mean, I myself am looking forward to it because see, now I'm just starting to think maybe this could be a topic for another day. Like certain franchises, I enjoy more in a 2D setting. Like I like Mario better 2D. I like Metroid, I guess, for now more in 2D. Zelda, mm-hmm. I prefer 3D. Like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a great topic. Maybe we'll we'll write that down for next week. Oh, write actually. that down. Write that down. Write it down. I'm actually making the doc right now. Don't don't mind me. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, 3d, 3d Mario doesn't really do anything for me. You know, like I, I like Mario 64, but that was the last 3d Mario game I finished. Um, and, but like, though, you got, you got galaxy odyssey was amazing. Yeah, it was fine. My son decided to start Mario odyssey, um, on the, on the trip. He actually put down Minecraft for once he started it, which is great, but he's still lazy with all things. And he's like, Mom, I can't reach this moon. I'm like, God, just just play around with the buttons. That's how I learned how to play video games. You just mess around with it till you figure it out. You look at something. Can you jump on it? Then try to jump on it. I, yeah. I, I, I cannot fuck with uh, Galaxy at all. 
Yeah, <laughs> Galaxy made me sick because of all the upside downness. Yeah, same, same. I I couldn't. I honestly, I think I played maybe like two hours of Galaxy, and I was like, I'm done. I can't do this. Can't do this. Uh, I'm sorry. Super that Mario was... 3D World, however, is the best of both worlds, and is in fact the best Mario game. So it's fact. Write it down. Yeah. Odyssey. Hmm. Odyssey, Odyssey is the same game as Mario 64. But with a hat that turns you into a T-Rex or a frog. And then you but see those what aren't, happens. Those aren't, to me, those aren't fun mechanics. Like, <laughs> just... Oh, well, it's fine. I, I understand people like it, and that's fine. It was a very... I'm not saying the game was bad. It just wasn't. Uh... If you want to be a Patreon producer, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Media, and find out which tier is right for you. Our Patreon producers at the $5 tier or higher for this month are Adriel Munger, Austin Campbell, Celeste Roberts, Christian S., Sana Dierig, Francisco Santillan, and Rebecca Jewell. Thank you for your continued support. Anyways, speaking of Mario, Stephanie... Tell us about Super Nintendo World. Okay, so when I heard that they were open, opening Super Nintendo World in the U.S., I was overly hyped. Just, I don't know, because I'm a Nintendo person, I guess, and it's nice. Because it's exciting that Nintendo's opening a theme park? Yeah. <laughs> Indie girl. Yeah, and um, I definitely wanted to go uh, as soon as possible and it, I wanted to be my son's first big vacation because I know Disney is typically what people think of but uh, as much as I've shown Nikolai almost all of the original Disney movies he just d- didn't grasp on to the fandom like I did as a kid and since he's he's probably more of a Mario fan than a Disney fan so I'm like I might as well take him there so mm-hmm. Just uh, the bottom line, though, I I wouldn't say I was disappointed, but I m- don't really care that I don't go back again. <laughs> and, and let me preface it by saying, if you are a Mario fan, then yes, I do say go at least once in your life. It, it is worth to go at least once in your life. Would I go again? Probably not, because it is small. It is cramped. And it not normally would not be a problem for me, but holy shit, that place is packed as fuck. Now, granted, I went as soon as it was summer vacation, but I went on a Friday. I was hoping a weekday might make it better. I got the early pass. So I went at Friday at 7 in the morning, an hour before the park opened, and Nicola and I ran. We did not walk. We ran until we got yelled at by people. To get to the park that's all, all the way at the far end at the bottom lower lot. And we still had to wait an hour and a half to get on the, the Mario Kart Bowser's Challenge. Okay? Now, also, granted, the it was broken or something. Like, there was technical difficulties. So, half of that wait time was because there were technical difficulties, which... I don't know. I don't design theme parks. And I'm not about to try and sound like an entitled person but i just figured if the theme park opened in february how how is it already having technical difficulties but anyway 
it was hot as balls too, so that didn't help. But the the nice thing is, you know, like most theme parks, they try to immerse you while you're waiting in line. So once you get inside, like Bowser's quote unquote castle, you kind of see all the Mario Kart trophies and the different tracks. Like that was very cool. Bowser's room had his throne with a picture of Peach on it. Um, mm-hmm. Little designs of how you make bombs. Uh, and bullet bills like that part was like I loved it it was very cool to see to come to life when it came down to the ride itself they give you a little Mario hat mine stank of sweat I don't think they clean them it smelled really bad Ugh. and then you <laughs> clip clip on your immersive glasses things okay so is it like augmented reality yes Okay. You and then you sit in your cart and then you go really slow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess so the point is, is you're racing and as a team you all need to turn in the direction that you're directed. You know, obviously you're more successful if you've all turned in the right direction at the right time. Also you shoot Bowser's team and the way it works is there's buttons on the steering wheel to fire and it'll fire in the direction of where your eyes are so that's cool so if you see Iggy or something you look at Iggy you press the fire button and you shoot the shell it's cool but for augmented augmented reality the graphics really kind of (laughs) sucked like compared to like I don't know it just it looked really bad it looked really bad (laughs) <laughs> Mario fans out there like this woman is mean <laughs> and I know this is why I feel really bad like I'm not int- this is coming from a Nintendo fan I'm not intentionally trying to rip into this because I have a grudge against Nintendo like some people but <laughs> just kidding Ron. just kidding just kidding just name kidding. names no names <laughs> um, and then at one point I also couldn't tell if it broke down but we were literally just sitting there. There's a Mario Kart track where you got like this magma Bowser that's punching the tracks and he shakes the track. And as soon as that happens, everything like went dark for a second. I'm <laughs> oh, like, no. okay. And then like 30 seconds later, it starts back up. I can't emphasize the fact how slow it is. It doesn't need to go like 40 miles an hour or something crazy, but it was very noticeably slow for me. And then by mm-hmm. the end, everyone was saying, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And then we took uh. it off and then we left. And I, I'll, I was very disappointed in myself saying, I cannot believe I paid extra money, woke up early, raced to this for that. Um, like, I, it's almost like one of those things that you, you have that pride, right? Like you don't because you're such a fan. You don't want to mm-hmm. admit how disappointed you are. Um, so that's why I say, if you're a Mario fan, I still rec. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't a bad ride. It's just go once, experience it once. That's it. And if you do want to go and experience it, do what I did. Because unless you go at seven in the morning and race down there, and that'd be the first thing you do. No lie, the wait time for that ride was three hours. All other times, three hours, consistently, 180-minute wait. Mm-hmm. One time, it says the ride wasn't even on. Like, I don't know if they, like, shut it down for a part of the day. Uh, other things, I got the wristband. I got a Luigi wristband. They remind me a lot of the, the slap bands from the 90s. I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. 
granted each of them cost me like almost 40 bucks or about 40 bucks mm. oh they're like the disney magic bands okay, okay. Uh, 40 bucks oh they are slap bracelets 40 okay. bucks i'm gonna say that again 40 bucks ish and there are <laughs> you can interact with it around the park you can hit pow blocks or just question mark blocks you get coins you can track them with your app there are four challenges where you can get keys you need at least three keys to get into bowser jr's castle and get the golden mushroom so i was like we're doing this i paid this much money we're getting into bowser jr's castle and we had to wait in lines to do this <laughs> these silly challenges where I wouldn't think they were silly if I didn't have to wait more than 15 minutes for it in the hot sun. They're all right. I feel bad for the kids or the people that did not get the keys because then they have to wait in the freaking line again. You know, so one's like you hit a pow block and you need to like knock a shell to get the key. So it's a timing thing. Another one was trying to beat the Goomba from getting the key, which is all about strength of like cranking a crank thing. Um, one was literally just tapping all the green squares to turn them blue. And then the last one, which I didn't do because I just gave up on the line. That was too long even for me. Uh, had to do with a piranha plant. Anyway, we got three keys. We go inside Bowser Jr.'s thing. This one was cool. You are, you look at it. It's like a shadow projector. Like the, there's a light behind you and it shows your shadow and your shadow can interact with what's on screen. So you need to like knock bombs away and hit blocks and stuff. And then if you do it enough, you get the golden mushroom. That was cool. Um, and I barely saw the characters. I don't know what it's like in Disney anymore. I saw Mario and Luigi out and I freaked out, but I was in line. <laughs> 15 minutes later, they were gone. I was like, what the hell? And then I saw Princess Peach, 10 minutes, she was gone. And I was I was there in Nintendo World from 7 a.m. till noon. And I only saw them very briefly. Mm. Um, Makes you wonder if uh, how hot they get in those suits. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, so I'm not like, you <clears throat> should stand out there and suffer. But you, then, then, then put them in, in, a, in an air-conditioned part of the place or something. I don't know. I wonder if they. Do, I wonder if they don't do what Disney does, where they have two or three people play the same character at the same time, and like they rotate them out. Maybe, but I was just. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't been to Disney in a while, but I recall Disney characters being out. I don't know. I was just sad. I was looking forward to getting a hug from Luigi or forcing a hug on Luigi, either or. <laughs> um, it was crowded. I can't say that enough. So, I know I've been. How long is that part? Oh, sorry. How long has that park been open? Since February. Like, since February? Okay. So, and the merch shop was cool. Lots of merch. I got Nikolai a Yoshi shirt and a stuffed Yoshi, Yoshi. I got myself a Luigi shirt. Lots of cool, like, cool merch shop. I couldn't go to the Toadstool Cafe because you had to make a reservation on the same day. And by the time I got out of the Bowser's Challenge, which means I got out at 8.30, it was already booked. Wow. For the day. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. So it's insane. Overall, I wouldn't say I hated it. I don't regret going. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I probably will not go back again unless my son is begging me. So you said it's it's smaller, right? It's small. from all the pictures from all the pictures it looks super claustrophobic. It's extremely like, claustrophobic. 
And like I said, at first I thought like, oh, no big deal. But when there's hundreds of people there, if not Mm -hmm. breaking the thousands, I I like I I had enough. I was ready to just throw down the town. Like that's it. We're going home. I don't care. Like, but I'm like, no, <laughs> do this for Nikolai. Do this for Nikolai. Do this for Nikolai. Um, I mean, granted, getting older, I don't like crowds anyway. But I can't emphasize how much significant. I went to the Hogwarts place. I went to Jurassic World. None of those places were nearly as congested as, as Nintendo World. And maybe part of it's because Nintendo mm-hmm. World's new but it is yeah. claustrophobic. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. If they work on the one in Florida, maybe it won't be as bad. Yeah, I mean, they're building a whole new park just for the other Harry Potter part and Nintendo World and some other things over yeah, there. Yeah, so maybe, like, if I kind of get a look-see of what Orlando's will be like, I'll probably go to that one. Mm-hmm. But uh, There's also, like, a big Donkey Kong expansion yeah. at that one. So I would say... If you're going to go to, if you can swing a non-school vacation and a weekday, go. You'll have fun. Yeah, that's what I was worried about. Also, not that not that you would know, but I heard that all of the Nintendo rides have size restrictions. I mean, how many rides are there? I only remember there being know. one ride. And that's the... Oh, there's only one ride? Uh, let me see if I missed anything. Well, two? I thought there was like supposed to be two. Well, the uh, Yoshi. What about the Yoshi's Adventure thing? I saw none. Is that not a ride? I did not see that. Oh, I wonder uh, if that's a Japan only or if it's not. I'm gonna have to look yet. that up because I scoured that entire freaking place and I only saw that one damn ride. That's so crazy! Only one ride in the whole area. Yeah, I mean, and I didn't pay much attention to the weight restriction thing, but I mean, there are people of all shapes and sizes, so I don't know. I mean, you're in a oversized go kart. I didn't see anyone having a problem, but no. Yeah, well, the the one in Japan, you can't be over six foot two, or something. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah. So I mean, that's Super Nintendo World. I hope with people who listen to this don't get discouraged if they have it in their plans to go. I just say be prepared. And plan for the most optimal situation. Like I said, again, get early pass. That's a non-negotiable. Go yeah. there first thing. If you can swing a weekday, you know, stuff like that. And you're just going to have to compromise. You can probably, like, for example, only go to Bowser's Challenge or make a reservation for Toadstool Cafe. Or somehow tag team it with your family. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, sorry it wasn't everything you wanted it to be. No, I still enjoyed it for what <laughs> yeah, it is. What? You know what would have made it better? What? Bring your 3DS and unlocking the street pass. Oh yeah. I mean, Get were there eggs? Were there people there with like switches and 3DSs? I mean, not that I've seen. Seems like it, it's seems like a... no. I, I think people kind of got the memo about being just super congested. You would think, right, to play it in line. I think I've only seen like I can count on one hand the number of people I've seen with their devices. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it's also the time of year I went to. Most of it was just families bringing their kids. Mm-hmm. It's for their little kids. But it was cool, though, right? You get to see all sorts of like people wearing their Nintendo Mario shirts. Some people were like an entire Mario Luigi getups. It was kind of insane. And those Princess Peach getups, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
<laughs> the bride to be. Wow. <laughs> wow. I uh the um when this when they first kind of revealed this park, they said you were going to be able to use your switch to unlock certain things, and I don't know if that ever came into. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if because they're going to make like a Nintendo World app that you could like, you know, use the NFC reader in your switch and you could unlock certain things or. Yeah, I think whatever. for but... now, I only have access to something Nintendo World related through my Universal's app. What is it doing? Like if I click on Super Nintendo World, I'll, I'll let you know how I did. Uh, hmm. So I was on Team Luigi. I got 1,168 coins. Ooh. Hey, I got three keys, not just one. I, they messed it up. I got the golden mushroom, and I got 26 stamps. But see, I don't know what that means. Like, what 26 stamps of what? Hmm. Looks like this. Nice. Look at that. It's a Luigi. It's colorful. Yeah. The end. All right. Well. That's fun. I, uh, I'll, we want to go to Universal at some point just to see the Harry Potter stuff. So we might do the Nintendo stuff too while we're there. I mean, we would if we were in the Hogwarts one. I loved it. Loved it. The following day, we went to Hogwarts Place first and we went on the flight of the Hippogriff five times without waiting in line. Ooh, nice. Um, Nice. Both their rides were fun, and uh, Hogsmeade was very immersive. My son, who saw me play Hogwarts Legacy, goes, Whoa, Mom, this place looks exactly like in the game. I'm like, yeah. I I honestly, that was my favorite part. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I love watching videos of the Harry Potter stuff. Super cool. All right. Well, we're going to get into our next topic. Where is uh, the doc? I had it open. Oh, no. Um, So there's been a lot of rumors about the PlayStation 5 Slim coming out this year and mid-gen upgrades because the consoles can't hit 60 frames a second. So I want to talk about mid-gen upgrades. Are they worth it? Are they not? Should they just put out new boxes sooner? I don't know. Ron, you're the PC guy. I want to. I want. I want your opinion first because this seems I, like something you would. I feel like they should put out. I feel like they should put out new boxes sooner. I do. Um, only because only because like I mean you know like it's one of those situations where like you know people people buy these systems and like if the systems don't have the flexibility themselves like to just make updates, which they're getting better now because I mean like you can drop you can drop like SSDs in them now. Like the moment you can start doing like stuff with your RAM and stuff, like you know that's gonna be that's gonna be a, a game changer, you know. Uh, but uh, remember back in the day when like when like a new system came out was more like just a refresh for how it looked, you mm-hmm. know, or they slimmed it down so you know it wasn't like some gaudy device like sitting on top of your desk or your dresser or your or your or your dining room or your or your living room table. Yeah, like the PS2 to the PS2 Slim. Remember that? Oh my god, that thing was fucking nice. Like, man, you could like you could like slip that into your bookshelf like it was a book. I like, know. Basically, yeah. And you know, like, um, and you know, I'm not saying that there's anything bad about the fact that you know, like, we get new consoles that you know, like, are more powerful than the ones that are out there. But you know, like, 
it's kind of a slippery slope because like we're 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 in this we're in this uh will they or won't they phase right now with like uh with like for example when the um when the switch oled came out like before before wound up being the switch oled and stuff like that there was a lot of speculation that it may not be backwards compatible well may not be it may not be completely compatible with the existing switch games meaning that you know like certain games would come out that only use that hardware you know of course like it just came out being a glorified switch that was 50 dollars more expensive and had a new had a new screen you know to be fair the screen is pretty nice Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the screen is nice. The screen is nice. Every time I walk into Target and I see and I see the two switches, the OLED and the regular switch sitting side by side, I'm like, man, it's a nice screen, you know. <laughs> uh, but but you know, but uh, but you know, like there's always going to be that. I just feel like the system going to come out like okay, PS5, the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, five hundred dollar consoles, right? What's probably going to happen is the new ones are going to come out at either five hundred or five fifty. And the and the original ones are going to drop down by a hundred dollars, and then and then you know like then you got the situation where like people, and it may have a cosmetic like you know a cosmetic redesign. It may get slimmer, you know, or may or may get more sleek or whatever and stuff like that. But I don't know. I just feel like, I just feel like sometimes it feels like they're just trying to book us for money sometimes because you know like a lot of people will buy the system and then they'll go out and buy the re- buy the buy the new system and stuff like that you know it's like i get it you know spend your money however you want to but you know same time you know it's like i feel like we're i feel like we're the symptom of the disease sometimes because like we 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 get these the companies put them out there we snap them up and you know like <laughs> there it is yeah but Remember when Sony like put out the PlayStation 4 Pro and then yes. they kind of stopped producing them because the hardcore bought them and then nobody else bought them like yeah. and they started putting this that slim console out and that was like the only thing you could find for a long time and still to this day like they put the slim PS4 out Yeah, I never bought the um I never bought the PS4. I never bought the PS4 Pro. I I ran I basically ran the wheels off of my PS4 uh original and then like it like right now it resides in my boyfriend's place. He he plays he plays it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Uh and he doesn't complain about it <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think the PS4 Pro had less of a less of a uh there was less of incentive to upgrade to the PS4 Pro than there was from like a base Xbox One to the Xbox One X. I think uh-huh. I mean that power w- was significantly more now I didn't track I didn't track like what the One X was doing versus the Xbox One. Can you Don't um, worry. You Microsoft did not tell anybody numbers of the Xbox One. I think it sold around fi- the the entire family sold about 51 million units at the end of its uh-huh. life cycle. Uh-huh. Um I do think a lot of people a lot more people bought Xbox One X as opposed to the Xbox One or like traded up for it. Um mm-hmm. but I I don't really know how that split was uh was there a was there a big was there a big draw like what was uh what what, what was it packing essentially that made it uh that made it you know uh a must get for a lot of xbox gamers well first of all the uh, base xbox one could really only output at scaled 1080p i think most games were running at 900p or lower um that uh, was like the big thing with the witcher was running at like 720p and rise son of rome was running at 900p right that's like the big meme on the xbox side of things is like uh (laughs) the best 900p game you can buy is rise son of rome uh 
And like the other thing too was like three gigs, three gigs of the eight gigs of RAM. Eight gigs? No, sixteen gigs. How much? Of, how much RAM was in that car? Uh, eight gigs sounds about right. Eight gig. Uh, a a major portion of the RAM was utilized for UI and connect functionality, uh-huh. and they never they only patched that out once the uh, Xbox One S came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they like developers could utilize more memory finally to develop games. And it was just like this big cluster. Uh, it's just the Xbox One X was such a superior console in every way. Mm-hmm. Compared uh, to the to the X. Compa- I mean, to the Xbox One. Compared yeah. to the Xbox One. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they were touting two 4K. They were touting teraflops, too, which I'm like, I don't really understand what that means. Uh, I think it was like... Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm I I just I just read I just read that um that apparently because of the leaks from the um from the from Microsoft's battle with the FTC mm-hmm. the PS5 Slim will likely launch at four hundred dollars you know yeah. which now does that mean does that mean it's just basically a slim version of the current PlayStation we have well or is there going to be yeah okay. the the rumor is that they want to sl- they want to go down to one SKU mm-hmm. and they're going to sell a removable disk drive for those who want a disk drive. Mm-hmm. And so this is going to be kind of a system that you can take apart and do things with. Okay. Okay. See, I didn't read that much on it. Like, um, I haven't, honestly, I haven't been really keeping a lot like the, just the whole dump from, from the FTC stuff last week mm-hmm. just really, just really killed my batteries for, for gaming news, which I'm kind of glad, like, you know, like crossroads where we have, we're not recording anything right now because, uh, it just really like took it out of me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's why I'm glad we do this show this way, and not checklist all the news stories of the week, right? Because it's just like, mm-hmm. I mean, most of us like <clears throat> when we scroll social media, at least when I do, like I ha- I follow a bunch of people who'd say the news, and everybody's saying the same thing, and the podcasts I listen to are saying the same thing. It's like I don't want to yeah. like talk about it and <laughs> read about it and yeah, hear about it. You know, like it's honestly. Just- Honestly, that's kind of what I'm thinking I'm about doing as far as like the re, the redo for uh whenever Crossroads like like gets back on on it and Andre and I get back into it, I'm really thinking that you know what it's probably time to stop doing like all this all this uh the the marquee news you know mm-hmm. like talk about some stuff that's you know noteworthy and stuff but you know but you know like just have a just have a show yeah yeah and. uh as much as I, I love talking about like the stuff that's happening with Xbox, it's like, I don't know. I, I feel like trying to keep up with everything all the time, especially with like, you know, responsibilities and stuff like that. It's like, I can't, I can't do what I used to do. Right. Pre kids, pre marriage. Like, yeah, I would be all over it. I would want to do everything all the time, but now it's like, huh? Interesting. I don't want to do that. You know, and like if something big and relevant comes up, yeah, we should probably talk about it. Like, you know, E3 getting canceled for the next two years, um, supposedly. I thought it was done. I thought but, it was done. Yeah, I know. I think it, I think it's done. But <clears throat> like, I don't know. I don't think we need to talk about every little granular thing about the other consoles, you know, mm-hmm. plus like how many how many other shows do that, that like we would just be crowded into there and 
you know, you need to set yourself apart, guys. Mm-hmm. For real. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, ultimately, you know what? I will say this, like, but I feel like it's also been like a thing of the console generations of the past anyway. Like most of these, most, most of these consoles only push like 30, 30 frames per second and stuff like that, you know? Um, you know, yeah, which, what you what you get in cap frames, you get you get better all better overall resolution and performance and stuff like that. But you know, like guys like me who actually eyeball that you know, like a game is moving at a certain frame rate, you know, like it kind of it kind of kind of gets under my skin, you know, and stuff like that. Which is why, which honestly one of the biggest reasons why I made the move to like more PC gaming and stuff like that, you know. Um, even though I think you guys just heard me earlier, like saying like you know like uh, on the um, on the Rog Ally, like I'm, I'm capping frames at like forty five. But actually, 40, 45 frames is a night is a sweet spot. Actually, yeah, um, especially for spot. handheld. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. But like the thing to the thing is those like most first party games are like really optimized for the consoles, right? That's true. And, that true. I mean, hey, you can push Halo Infinite at fourteen forty p and one twenty, and yep. at one twenty one hundred twenty frames a second if your TV can handle it or your monitor or whatever you're playing on. But then you get something like, obviously Starfield is so massive and so unbelievably ambitious that like they, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know if like whatever they put out next could run it at 60 frames. Like it's just so huge, you know? And so like, I get it, but also like something I heard the other day, I think it was a digital foundry video is that they actually designed the game like Final Fantasy 16 it was experiencing this which is why like the performance mode is so choppy is like they designed they des- initially designed the game around 30 frames a second and then they tried to scale the frame rate up and it's actually would would have benefited them to scale or to uh design it around 60 frames a second and scale it down hmm is what digital foundry was saying mhm which is really interesting to think about because like there are games that does that are designed around the frame rate. I think Dark Souls is a is like the prime example, the original release of Dark Souls, where like if you ran it at a higher frame rate, your weapons would break faster. Uh, you would take more damage because it was just designed around the 30 frames a second. Yeah. And uh, there was like a major yeah. modding com- community trying to fix all that. Yeah, it's act- that was actually a big deal with Monster Hunter Monster Hunter Rise. Actually, like uh, like when you play at higher when you play at higher frames, like uh like uh like like monsters were harder and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Which actually, I kind of love that challenge when it comes to Monster Hunter. So like, it wasn't a big deal for me. But yeah, but yeah, I, I had to test it out because uh, so I, I I grabbed the Switch version and played it for a hot second. And I was like I was like whoa! Like I beat this damn thing way too fast. And it, it wasn't like I got cross gen stuff, so it wasn't like I could cross save and like use my existing stuff from the from my pc uh say like it's like my character is still sitting somewhere at hr 60 on 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 the on the switch version yeah and, and, and i was like man i kind of like just walked through this this, this monster just now yeah um so i just i wonder i wonder if these companies are going to put out mid-gen upgrades and not just a redesign i'm i'm i, I mean sony seems like they're going to Microsoft already said that they're not going to do an upgraded version of the Xbox Series X, like a mid-gen refresh. Yeah. But also they could just call it like the Series 
L and it would be, you know, you know what I mean? Like they could well, just I mean, do that. I mean, I mean, the Microsoft series taking, XL. Microsoft's taking L's this, this console generation. Or the XS. Well. So <laughs> well, I no, just, no, no. uh, here, here's, here's my thing. I think, I think we're start. I think we're going to get to a point now. Like, I, I feel like we've had one more console generation where we'll probably get this half step stuff where you where like the PS, let's say the PS seven, uh, let's say the PS six comes out and there might be a PS six plus, let's just call it that. And then PS seven comes out and then it'll finally be a fully realized console. It'll be, I'm not going to say it's going to push the same spec as like, you know, like whatever the, whatever the PC equivalent is at that time, but there will no longer be needs for like, for like mid generation, you know, like, um, like upgrades, stuff mm-hmm. like that. You'll find, you'll finally have like, hardware that the developers that the developers and the publishers are happy enough with you know and you know kind of quells kind of quells people that you know like dabble back and forth in the pc environment plus the console environment so like that because i think i think that's who they're trying to appease right now like they're they're trying to appease the people who turn around and they see like oh well dead space dead space remake came out you know on all on all systems plus pc and pc just like ran like laps around like the consoles because the consoles are missing certain things, even though like the new technology that they, that they throw, like the, like the, uh, the chip makers throw on there, like, you know, like for example, Fidelity FX, you know, on, on, cause all these are AMD chips and stuff like that. That's, that's nice. You know, like it's, it, it does, it does this trickery that basically like, you know, like basically it, it upscales games so you can, so you can push the limits of like frames and all this stuff. And, and, you know, it makes the games look comparable to the PC counterparts and stuff like that without, having pc money you know basically so i think i think we're getting to that point where we're about to where the where the where where the lines are starting where the lines starting to get a little bit closer to each other yeah i don't know it's just uh i i i think everybody everybody was like really excited for these consoles because they were promising like 60 frames i mean like the, the Xbox and the PlayStation box both say 120 frames a second. The PlayStation box has 8K on it, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is silly. Uh, but like, I think as we move through this generation and people are finding as they are like, maybe maybe in like a year or two when these games start coming out and they really start optimizing for these consoles, we'll hit 60 frames. But like now that we're done with the cross gen stuff and and we're seeing certain games like do this it's like it it i wonder how many people are really disappointed in that you know i don't know i i used to not be a frame rate snob and then like i started playing games at 60 frames a second and then you go back to 30 and it's like oof oof even even destiny runs at 120 frames a second on on xbox series x and i was like man this is awesome and then you load up destiny 2 on xbox one x and it runs at 30 and you're like Oh my gosh, I'm missing 90 frames. I'm missing 90 frames. Where are they? So, I don't know. Pat, Stephanie, you got any opinions on mid-gen upgrades? Well, I personally think that they've been... I don't know. Like, I wish that they didn't have to happen. Honestly. Like, I, I want to see a whole, like... I'm I'm not one of those guys who like to get the latest and greatest upgrade. You know, I I like my time, like space between them. And I feel even like a seven year uh, console cycle 
is still too fast. Mm-hmm. You know, give make let the councils live for like a decade, mm-hmm. or at yeah. least the seven years. At least the seven years they're promised to live. Yeah, I get that point, uh, but just to provide a perspective of someone who is who initially wasn't a hardcore gamer or didn't follow every single bit of news like I do now. Um, I almost kind of appreciate in some way, shape or form a mid gen update. um, If done so appropriately, like I was not the kind of person to get a console day one. And when they released the PS4 pro, I actually really appreciated the slimmer design and I, I really loved it. I don't know if maybe it would make more sense to have mid-gen updates more kind of like how Nintendo did it, where they came out with the traditional Switch, then there's a Switch Lite, then there's a, well, I don't know, a Switch OLED, but like, because one is more kid-friendly, Depend maybe if there's a varying price points, you know, providing options for those that aren't as hardcore in the gaming industry, I feel like it could be appropriate. Um, just kind of to throw throw it out there for the more casual gamer. Yeah, I mean, you see that with the Xbox Series S, right? Where it's like, it's $200 cheaper than a Series X, right? I mean, that's, $200 is not cheap, right? I mean, that's a, that's a big jump. And for people who don't care about, you know, fidelity or frame rate or whatever, and maybe they're playing on a 1080p TV and they want to play, you know, it's the, it's the perfect kid box, honestly, for like Minecraft and Fortnite and, you know, maybe a Game Pass game here, too, if you get Game Pass, right? Like, that's it's kind of what that box is meant for, I think. And, like, the Series X is the hardcore gamers box at this point, I think. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, like, I like both consoles, but the Series S does have some frame rate issues on third-party games. Um, so because they're not they're not greatly optimized. <laughs> uh, also, something that doesn't get talked about enough on the Series S is that the backwards compatible games don't come with the bells and whistles that the um, Series X version does. So like, interesting, there's no upgraded textures. There's no frame rate upscaling like uh, any of that. They run the Xbox One S versions of games and not the Xbox One X versions of games, and they don't have the nice upgrades that the Series X provides. Man, what were they? What were they? Mm. <laughs> I, I swear, it's like what were they thinking with the Xbox Series S? I because like it doesn't really feel like it's a next gen system, if that makes sense, you know. Well, technically, the, the Xbox One X is more powerful. It's just the uh, yeah. CPU is better in the like way better in the series S there's a really series nice S break was meant to be the, uh, the competitor for the switch. If I remember. Yeah. And, and it was, uh, Japan, like mm. Microsoft was trying to get a foothold in Japan and this box is super small. And a lot of people that live in Japan kind of live on top of each other in small apartments and don't have a lot of room. And, uh, they thought maybe this console would be appealing to those people. So, I don't know. Anyways, just like just hey, a topic. You know, um, like just to say real quickly, looking at my PS5, given this gaudy size, but I love my PlayStation. If they released a slim and it wasn't ridiculously expensive, 
I'm all for it. Will that happen? Probably not. Because if they do release a slim, it's probably going to be just as expensive. But I, yeah, I imagine it's going to be four hundred dollars, like, and the drive is going to be about a hundred dollars if you want a disc yeah. drive. Yeah, I feel like I I feel like honestly, I have a PS Five, so there's no reason for me to get a uh, a pro or whatever they decide to call it, because I have a gaming PC. You know, like shit. Like if it if it's if it's gonna if it's gonna become a wrestling match of like of like how I'm gonna play the best version of this game, like. We already know where we already know who loses. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, what more performance upgrades can the PS5 actually get? They just, uh, you know. If anything, they want to be able to push the frames. That's mm-hmm. that's really it. Yeah, they want to push the frames because people are really starting. People are really starting to dig in on that whole thing. Right. Yeah. You know, because I remember console gamers didn't didn't worry about frame rate, you know, like that, you know, but it kind of started creeping into our 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 conversation during the PS4 Xbox One era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when a lot of those 360 games were starting to get remastered and they were running at 60 frames instead of 30 mm-hmm. and at 4K. And it was like, oh, well, that's nice. That's that's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> this is nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Do you think it's not fine, it's nice. <laughs> it's not exactly on topic, but topic adjacent and this will be really quick do you think consoles as far as pricing goes is going to kind of go almost the way of cell phones and i'm just talking about you know iphones now are over a thousand dollars if or if you want like mm-hmm. a really good um, smartphone but back in the flip phone days now granted they weren't smartphones so there's a lot of factors here i they, they just weren't that expensive and they're only going to get more expensive even though we've now mastered the technology of a smartphone so do you think consoles are going to go that way where maybe we'll eventually get have $1,000 consoles and that'll be like the only price point? Like, are we just creeping up? No, no. I think my opinion is, is that the the technology in the consoles is going to be limited by the f- four or $500 price point. Okay. Yeah. So whatever yeah. they can fit in that box for that amount of money is what you're going to get technologically. Yeah, it's yeah, gotta be doing. It's gotta be do more than just play games to be worth six hundred dollars for me. Yeah, 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 yes. Because here's the thing about it: like you can get a good gaming laptop, a good gaming laptop that plays better than these current consoles. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about the Series X and the PS5 that plays for for just over nine hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh... yeah, so yeah, so honestly, the console market was designed was designed to to be for people who did not either want to spend the money for a high powered PC or did not want or did not want to or did not want to uh you know just spend a lot of money for something that is a, is a passing hobby for them. Like gaming back in the, gaming back when it first when, it, when console gaming when it first came out was more of a niche thing than it is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Console gaming is also for the person who spent a ton of money on two gaming PC and they both died within a year. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say is Corey. I'm gonna say Corey is let me buy. Let, let me build your next PC. No, I'm not. Too, I'm not building another PC. I refuse. My excuse is I'm just too dumb to build something that good and then understand how the computer works. Mm-hmm. There's too many. Uh, too many like tweaks that you have to do to it i don't know yeah. i feel honestly honestly i can build you i can build you a very i can build you a very good gaming pc that you want that you wouldn't have to worry about doing any tweaking and, and stuff like that like it'll that's what the like last two to, people said 
<laughs> well, they weren't me. That's what the second person said. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the one. Th- <laughs> no, I I'm done. I'm done with gaming PCs. I I'm, I'm going to be a console gamer for the rest of my life. I don't care. Um, and the, I mean, the, I ain't no shame in that. Ain't no shame in that, man. I just uh, I respect the PC gaming market. I do. I just I can't. I can't do that again. It's 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 just one of those things in your mind that like it's like it's like when you love a food, right? And then you get really sick or food poisoning or something and you, you attach it to that food and you never want it again. That's how that's mm-hmm. how PC gaming is for me. So. And then they wouldn't fix it. So that was also fun. I see. That's the shitty part. I actually still have it. my second one in the basement, Laurent. I could actually probably send it to you and you could see what's wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Because you're how long, how, how long have you had it? How, how old is it? Oh, God, like four years old, five years old. Oh, it's still, compar- it's still a comparable system then. Four ish, I uh-huh. think. So. Still a comparable system. I mean, if you're, if you're thinking about it, like, I'll take a crack at it. Yeah. Still down there. Maybe. We'll, we'll talk later. So. But I think we're going to wrap it there. I think we're going to wrap it there. We'll save these other topics for next week, uh, along with the awesome one that Stephanie already brought up that I already have on a dock. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to thank everybody for their time and for watching and or listening to this episode of the Boss Rush podcast. Uh, you can follow us at Boss Rush Network. You can find all of our content on bossrush.net. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, we've been gaining some subscribers there lately. Very nice. Thank you for subscribing. Uh, you can also support us on Patreon for as low as a dollar and you get a bunch of extra stuff and cool stuff early. And. Uh, yeah, if you're listening on free feeds, leave us a review. And yeah, I want to thank everybody for watching and listening. Until next time, we love you. Goodbye. Hi. Don't get old. Take care. The Boss Rush Podcast is a product of Boss Rush Media, LLC, and is recorded from our headquarters in Akron, Ohio. This show is produced, written, and directed by me, Corey Deering. My co-hosts are Stephanie Klimov, Laurent Dawkins, and Edward Varnell. You can find Stephanie at Klimov underscore author on Twitter and Instagram, as well as on the EXP cast. You can find Leron at Exodus803 on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube, and also on Crossroads, the video game podcast. You can find Edward at That Retro Code on Twitter and Instagram, as well as hosting Nintendo Power Block. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at HD and find me hosting Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast, and co-hosting Nintendo Power Block. Find the Boss Rush Podcast on all social media platforms at Boss Rush Podcast. You can also follow Boss Rush Media and Boss Rush Network on all major social media platforms. Join the Boss Rush Network Discord and Facebook groups to interact with other friends and fans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.